Hello, you have found the In It to Learn podcast created by the WMS Library and hosted by co-librarians Mrs. Van Can and Mrs. Peel and joined today with our lovely library assistant, Miss Connor, and our featured guest, Mr. Curtis Donahue from the WMS Music Department. We're glad you're with us. Today we would like to welcome uh, the Woodbridge Middle School Music Department Chair and a BAM teacher here, Mr. Donahue. Welcome, Mr. Donahue. Welcome, Mr. Donahue. Thanks for being with us. Welcome, Mr. Donahue. Thank you guys so much for inviting me on. I feel like this is such a big deal. You guys have interviewed like school board members and stuff like that. So uh, I'm, I'm really happy you guys invited me. We have a great time. We're, we are delighted you're here to talk about the music program. But um, but before we get started, since we're in middle school, we always like to, we're always curious about what your middle school years were like. So would you mind telling us where you grew up and where you went to middle school? That's always, uh, you know, this is, I, I guess, something a lot of our students probably identify with. It's always an awkward question for me because my parents were in the military. So my dad was in the Air Force. Um, and when I was a kid, we moved every three or four years. So I was born in California. Um, when I was about four or five, we moved to Utah. And when I was going into fifth grade, we moved to Germany. We moved to Bitburg Air Force Base in Germany. So I did middle school at Bitburg Middle School, which was a grade five through eight school um, at the time. And uh, yeah, it was a, what a fantastic experience I had to be able to, you know, go to social studies class and learn about the Romans and then drive down the road and go and see the ancient Roman city of Trier or, uh, you know, some of these old things like that, that you can't really see anywhere other than, than Europe. Um, wow. So yeah, I, I spent my entire middle school years in Germany. Were you in band when you were in middle school? Were you a band student? I was. When I was in fifth grade, I had general music because um, it was kind of still like elementary school. But it was the band teacher that, that taught general music, and I thought that she was really, really cool. So I was super excited to sign up for band. And I wanted to play the tuba really, really badly. Um, but I was still kind of a little fifth grader so she took one look at me and said mm, no let's give you a trumpet <laughs> and so I've stuck with the trumpet ever since and uh I've been playing trumpet god I don't know how many years that has been way more oh. than I want to do <laughs> <laughs> so you so you were influenced by what happened to you in middle school um to help direct your career path then Absolutely. I, if I hadn't taken band in sixth grade and if um, Mrs. Fierce, that was my band teacher in sixth grade, if she hadn't given me a trumpet and um, gotten me started on that path, I would not be a band teacher today. I think I probably would be some kind of teacher, but it wouldn't be band. Um, maybe English literature, um, but yeah. So could you imagine being a band student in fifth grade or sixth grade or seventh or eighth grade and doing it online, Mr. Donahue? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So that leads into our next question. How has teaching music been different online? Oh, man, it's, it's so tough because everything that I loved about being in band as a kid 
and everything I loved about teaching band is so different being virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's hard to kind of communicate, especially to the sixth graders who've never had that experience of being in this room where I'm sitting now uh, with, you know, 70 or 80 other kids all playing together, making music together. Uh, and it, there's something about being immersed in the music to have it surround you and to have it just all around you and everybody's working towards a common goal and the kid next to you does something a little bit better and we're all just constantly getting a little bit better a little bit better at a time uh, at the same time uh it's hard to describe but it's it's really powerful and it's i've really been missing it over the past year it's um yeah it's it's tough to replicate that on on zoom it's impossible to replicate that on zoom all we're doing right now all i know how to do right now is to try and tread water try and keep everybody kind of moving forward so that when we can go back to that the transition is a little bit quicker and we can get back to doing that more quickly wow it's hard to know where to go from there um, but I love how you describe the music class and, and everyone working and the music surrounding you and yeah, hard to replicate that. So, um, what are the, what are a couple of the new things you've learned to, um, make this new online learning work for the band students? Well, it's been, it's been a lot of technology. Uh, music is the kind of music that we make especially is kind of antiquated that the way that we teach music in many ways hasn't changed in hundreds of years. Uh, if you think back during Mozart's time, you know, he, as a, a young four-year-old was taken and put in lessons and they gave him a violin and a flute and a piano or a harpsichord perhaps. Um, and, you know, made him practice his exercise and made him learn his scales and, and all of these things. And we still very much do a lot of that today. Um, so trying to take kind of an ancient art form in some ways and translate it to this uh, virtual atmosphere has been a big change in, in uh trying to learn how to, I mean, things that I know are simple for other teachers. Like I was talking to Mr. Cummings earlier today and he was talking about using teams, which was totally new to me. I have never used teams before, um, before a year ago. And, um, he was talking about all these amazing things you can do on teams. And I was like, I know how to use the chat on teams. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. So I've, you know, I have picked up a lot of stuff. It's it's been a lot of learning how to use Zoom, a lot of learning how to use things like Teams and Flipgrid and Nearpod. Nearpod is the latest thing that I'm branching out into. And I've I've told my kids, I feel like they've heard it every week for the past two or three weeks. I'm a Nearpod newbie. I'm still (laughs) learning. And uh, the kids are able to kind of be like, oh, try this. You need to do that. Do this instead. And I'm so I'm learning a lot just doing that. Thank goodness there's always at least one savvy student, it seems like, that coach us through some of these things sometimes. I've learned a lot from our students, actually. Yes. Mr. Donahue, do you have any um, tips for students about how they can be successful, you know, doing music online with you or anyone else in your department? I think, and I'm hearing this from Ms. Hancock and from Ms. Stubbs and Dr. Leone, the biggest thing is, 
you just got to try. You know, at, at this point, we are happy if you're making an effort, if you are trying. We know, you know, we've always known that every kid that comes to us is not going to leave Woodbridge Middle School as a virtuoso. Our goal is not to crank out um, a bunch of professional musicians. That just isn't the path that every kid is going to follow. But we also know that learning to become a musician, learning an instrument, learning to sing, learning the, the basics of music theory, these are things that actually make you a better student. They, they physically change the way that your brain works, the way that your brain processes information in a way that helps you retain it more. These are things that have been studied a lot. These are things that we've learned a lot about. And this is information that we try to, to convey to everybody that, uh, that will listen, that music has a lot of benefits beyond just being a viable career path, which it also is. You know, this is just like my story. Kids coming into my band room for the first time as sixth graders are potentially choosing a path that could lead to them being a music teacher or a professional musician or a, um, the, I, I think the particular career field is music technology, but these would be people that work at concert venues, people who are working the sound system in the back of a theater or an auditorium. Like these are good paying jobs that start here in the music classroom. Um, you know, so we've always known that the path of a professional musician is not necessarily the path that all of our kids will follow. So you don't have to come to us and, sh and just be like perfect. But you do need to come to us and put some effort forth because at the end of the day, I can't physically make you put the trumpet to your face and play. And Dr. Landon can't physically make you put the violin up on your shoulder and play. And you have to do that. You have to meet us halfway. And if you're willing to do that, we'll do anything that we can to help you get better, to help you learn the power of music, to help you reap some of those benefits that a music education can provide to you. They have an amazing support crew in, in our music department, Mr. Donahue, so thank you Absolutely. for that. And yeah, it's it's hard to understand just how hard some things can be and they're, and they're supposed to be that way. So it's hard and you keep trying and it's hard and you practice and try again and it's hard. <laughs> and that's when you're learning, making those um, practice become habits and having that support there and the teachers there to lead them. That's amazing. So Mr. Donahue, do you have anything else to share um, from the music world with our listeners that we didn't um, touch upon? And if you don't, we have one last question for you, but I just thought there's something. Over here in the music world, we're slowly transitioning back to some sense of normalcy. For Dr. Leone and the orchestra kids, this is a lot easier because um, they can wear their masks and be able to, they've been able to do this safely the whole time. Yeah. Um, for for Miss Hancock and myself, uh, and even Miss Stubbs, Miss Stubbs has been doing some singing with her kids. Uh, it's been a little bit of a slower transition, but we've got research-backed strategies that we have in place that will enable us to be able to begin regular music instruction. So playing here in our classrooms, being able to actually play together as a group in the classroom safely. Um, so we've got uh, special masks that let us, like for instance, I just got these in yesterday. It's a, a musician mask. It's got a little hole with a little flap that seals around oh, the mouth. Wow. It's a little awkward, but it lets us keep playing music. And 
I have found over the past day or so of practicing with it, I'm able to actually play my instruments um, with a few small exceptions, uh, just like I did before. We've got masks that go on our instrument. Uh, this kind of just looks like a ball here. And I realize that our listeners can't actually see what I'm holding. Um, but basically, if you can imagine like a, a cloth mask that you would wear on your face that just goes over the bell of a trumpet or a, a trombone or something it's like, like a that. It's like a slipper so or putting on a footie over your the bell of the trumpet. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. And so these are strategies that scientists have told us make it safe for us to play our instruments in the classroom for containing any possible aerosols that might be emitted. We've also got extra air filtration, which scientists have told us if aerosols happen to escape from our instruments or from around our, our lips when we're singing or playing our instruments, we've got air filtration that would pick that up. So we can be pretty confident uh, based on what scientists have told us from almost a, an entire year of research, that we can return to making music in our classrooms uh, together. And I'm, I know that I'm super excited about it. Um, I took my classes outside to play our instruments in person starting about two or three weeks ago. And I just... When, after that first class, I came back inside and I, I caught Dr. Leone, who's been playing inside with his kids since we returned. But I caught him in the hall and I just was like shaking. It was it was it was an adrenaline rush. Yeah, it was after a year of not being able to do that that it hit me. It was um, I don't know how to describe it. It was just a huge, you know, it was just kind of like getting on a roller coaster for the first time or something. It it just yeah, it was really powerful. And so I'm really excited about it. I know Miss Hancock and Miss Stubbs are as well. Um, and of course, Dr. Leone has been doing this since we returned is like, yeah, it's great. So <laughs> I think uh, if that's, if that's the one thing that I think um, if you are not in a music class, you might not completely realize, or if uh, some of our kids who are virtual only also probably don't realize the lengths that we're going to to make sure that the kids that are here in person can play and be safe. That is definitely good to know um, about those extra steps, because I've seen some of it in emails and, hey, this is here now, but yeah, I didn't understand it either, um, the links that that you, you were all going to. I saw the links that you were all going to get our students their instruments and the inst never ending instrument pickup and and all of those things. So, yeah. so even that's it's exciting. Reason, oh, sorry. It's one reason why we wanted to talk to you today when we were trying to come up with our next guest. I'm like, I don't know what's going on in the music department. I, I'm curious how this is working virtually and hybrid and all of that. So we've um, definitely enjoyed talking to you today, which leads us to our last question, our favorite question as librarians to ask. Um, we want to know what you're currently reading, and I have a feeling it has to do with school probably, but <laughs> go ahead and share. <laughs> I, you know, I was always, so when I was in middle school, I was always the kid that was always reading. I always had a book in my hand. Um, and now as an adult, I'm typically reading two or three things at a time. So I'll, uh, yes, I'm, I'm in grad school. I'm working on a master's degree. So there's a lot of reading for that. But I also, I always make it a point to find time to read something that's enjoyable. Well, I enjoy reading, reading stuff for school as well, but something that's a little bit less uh, strenuous. So uh, at night, every night before bed, I spend about 30 to 45 minutes reading. Uh, I love 
uh, books about like the Napoleonic Wars. So right now I'm reading um, the Aubrey Maturin series by uh, Patrick O'Brien. I think I'm, this will be the second time I've read the entire series. So I'm wow. on the second book of the series. And then um, I love reading poetry. So I've got, right now I'm working, I've actually got it at my desk and I like to pull it out when I'm just in between classes and need kind of a chiller. I'm reading Poems for the Millennium, um, which is just a, a thick book of poetry from the past hundred years. Uh, I believe it's used as a textbook at the University of California. And that's something quick and easy. I can pull out and read a couple of poems in between class and feel like I've reset, so. That's awesome. That's You're like gearing cool. up for National Poetry Month we're celebrating next month in April. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I submitted, I uh, posted a recording of a poem that I actually heard it on the radio. Um, fantastic poet named uh, Khaled Matawa. He's, I believe he's from Iraq. I could be wrong in that, but he writes poetry in Arabic and he released a book recently where he translated a bunch of Arabic poetry from Arabic to English, um, being very careful to translate the, because there's something that's lost. You can't just translate a poem from another language into English. It doesn't translate straight over. You've got to really pay attention to what you're doing and translate to keep the feeling, to keep the rhythm of the words. Pablo Neruda is, a, is another one that came to my mind. Uh, of course, most of his poetry is in Spanish. And reading it as an English speaker, there's just something missing. But Khaled Matawa really, really, I think, did an excellent job of translating these poems from English to, or from Arabic to English. And my submission was a poem, an, an ancient poem, I believe, called A Woodpecker. And so I was really thrilled to be able to record that and post that. And I hope that's something that everybody enjoys. Oh, I can't wait to see it. We appreciate you doing that, too. Absolutely. Hey, um, the program, was that the Writer's Almanac that you heard about that poet on? It might have been the Writer's Almanac. It was, it was an NPR interview that he did a long time ago, and I loved the poem so much. A long time ago is probably, I feel like I listened to it three or four years ago. Um, but I loved the poem so much that I found it online and actually wrote it down so that I could read it again. Because I don't actually think he's published that particular poem in a book because I have a couple of his other books and I could not find it mm. um, but I have it typed out on my computer so that I can come back to it when I want to you are a renaissance man Mr. Donahue <laughs> thank you so much for spending time with us today it's such a pleasure talking to you and learning from you yes the pleasure is truly mine I really enjoyed talking to you today bye 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 Thank you for spending time with us at the In It To Learn podcast for our Woodbridge School community. We hope you'll join us again next time.